And we are going into a world war with a global financial crisis. And every day on YouTube here at Full Spectrum Survival, we are bringing you headlines from around the world and from North America, the headlines that matter to you. The first thing that I want you to look at here is a clip from a video on Tuples Cat's YouTube channel. There are some major talking points and some items that he goes through in that video. It's relatively short and it is well worth your time, including the open admission that he is in the process of documenting what works and what doesn't work for him so that he can learn from previous mistakes and so that possibly you can learn what to do for your own loadout. I want you to listen to what Tuples Cat has to say right here. We've had no forecast snow for a few days now, and every day it's snow a little bit. So this is actually the brush off snow from my tank. And if necessary, we try to do ice cream. It's not going to be a problem. It brush snow off. That was one of my learnings from my disastrous trip last year. You know, here to sleep for eight hours in a drunken stupor, and breathing into your sleeping bag, thinking, what to keep warm. We're actually here to stay awake and allow the shelter of the tent to stop the wind killing you. And to get off your bum on a regular basis to clean the snow off the tent to let the hot, moist air out of the tent. It's not about staying warm, it's about staying alive. So I did not know, did not appreciate now, what I'm going to do is leave a link to his video down in the description box and probably in one of the pinned comments to see what works for him in below freezing survival readiness conditions. This is part one of his deploying the camp, finding water sources, a genius site relocation idea from Kitty, and questioning what it will be like to survive the night. Moving on to what is happening in our, in our world, France's President Macron has said that Japan will be able to count on France's support in a fight against China and a fight against North Korea. Days ago, the Russian President Vladimir Putin and the defense minister to that country attended a ceremony. This was in the start of a new deployment of the frigate Admiral Gorshkov. This is the second operational deployment of this vessel, but the first with new hypersonic weaponry technology. Now, yesterday you saw that the, F uh, the FAA rounded uh, flights across the United States of America in such numbers that had not been seen since the September 11th event happening in the country. Why did they do this? They said that it didn't have anything to do with hacking. Sure. They also said that there weren't issues going around across Europe. Sure. But what we do know is that they are taking part in a serious cyber event and Russia may be the one holding the cards here or maybe China or North Korea. Back to the frigate. This is the uh, heading to the Mediterranean right now where it will be a command vessel of the operational group in the Russian Navy. It's also going to become a unit of interest for observation by NATO, by all of the NATO maritime groups that are operating in the region. After its deployment, it will then proceed to the Indian Ocean. The project, uh, project frigates are the first large Russian Navy surface ships that were designed after the collapse of the USSR. Their design was developed by North Design and Construction Bureau of St. Petersburg, and they are the first, like I said, to have the hypersonic weapons technology on the ship itself. Now, in the economy, economist Rubini has said that they are putting out a warning to the world that we will have inflation for years to come. At the kind of numbers that we are seeing today, possibly worse in the future. In fact, the WEF, the IMF, and other economists that are giving their data to these world financial institutions 
They say we have 30 years of financial collapse on the horizon. Now, it's going to be great for some because it doesn't matter whether it was the Great Depression, the fall of Rome, any time in our world's history, there have always been people to have times of hardship for others be a time of great shift for them. And so you are going to see a further divide between the haves and the have-nots. And I trust that like you, I will be a have-not. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't be able to find some small niche or some way to get ahead. You might even find yourself prospering more than you ever have in your lifetime. But what it means is that you're not going to be in that top three to five percentile. And so we are a have not. Even if we have a position that allows us to remain relatively great depression or great recession proof, we are going to see coming hardship. Things are going to cost more and they are not going to be as good as they otherwise could be. With that in mind, we need to make all the purchases that we can as soon as possible pay off the debt that you feel morally obligated to pay off and get ready for coming hard times. The BOE has said that there will be a significant impact on monetary policy positions in the coming months. Pill warns that the unique context that exists in the world economy creates a potential for inflation to be persistent. Now we're seeing leading economic powerhouses, the International Monetary Fund, the Federal Reserve, we're seeing all of these outlets say that they have a fear, put quotes around that word, that inflation is going to be persistent. What they mean is they are telling you right out in the open, speaking the quiet part out loud, that we are going to see high inflation for years to come. They're going to reap the rewards of high interest rates for years to come. And that's going to be a little bit more of the furthering of that divide. Now, Pill says that there is no smoking gun, as he calls it, that can be identified as a key indicator or driver of inflation's persistence. Consequently, he said monetary policy decisions will have to remain relatively fluid. The New York Federal Reserve has said that the expected increase in household spending in December had fallen a full percentage point. In December, they say unemployment expectations fell compared to November. Now, so what they're saying is more people worked than ever before, but they expected more of them to pay money, and they didn't. And this is quite hard for corporations to understand. Biden, the current administration president, uh, president of the United States, has said that the U.S. economy is a, quote, new plateau. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're in an environment that is always looking for either decline or growth, being in a position of plateau is not necessarily a good thing. The Federal Reserve in 2023 will see unemployment higher and will raise interest rates until a forced recession depression takes place. It will use a recession to lower inflation due to policy failure. It will drive the majority of price actions in the marketplace, and we are seeing what uh, they do being the exact reason that the Fed was uh, exact opposite to the reason that the Fed was formed using algorithms. And we suspect a new variable of machine learning and artificial intelligence. The Center for Strategic and International Studies, the CSIS, is warning that its recent war simulation, the practice of running as many iterations of war and conflict, through an algorithm as possible shows that a Chinese invasion of Taiwan will fail at a huge cost to the United States of America. Chinese and, Taiwan mil and Taiwanese militaries will suffer. The USA and its military will suffer. 
This warning is coming out to the United States after the group stressed to the government that it had exhausted one of the most extensive war gaming simulations ever conducted on a conflict between China and Taiwan. Now, according to the data, a Chinese invasion of Taiwan in the near future will result in large losses of life, large casualties. Thousands of soldiers will be lost in the Chinese army, many from the United States of America in the U.S. military. This is as the USA backs Taiwan, which it has said that it will, as well as from Taiwanese and, surprisingly, Japanese forces. The ending, it warns, will not likely be a straight-out victory for China, according to this prominent and reported to be independent, we'll put that in quotes, Washington think tank. This is uh, in a conduction of the war readiness drills for the military and for Washington. And moreover, Taiwan will leave a victorious U.S. military, most likely, they say, as a crippled and uh, state of Chinese military continues to uh, come back for more, as they say. One military strategist looking over this data warns that this is the most likely conclusion. He says that both countries will suffer greatly, but that the fighting match that never ends, uh, they said like a fighting match that never ends, with one fighter narrowly winning over the other, this match, they say, must take place. In all, but the most disastrous of simulations, the U.S. will lose at least two U.S. aircraft carriers, which will be left to die at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. China's modern military will suffer huge loss, uh, losses and will go back to China in shambles. The report, which is titled The First Battle of the Next War, on the two dozen war scenarios run by the algorithm, which said the project was necessary because uh, previous government-led and private war simulations have been too narrow or too opaque, they say, to give public and policymakers a true look at what this is going to do, shows just how bad things are going to be. This is a quote. There's no unclassified war game out there looking at the U.S.-China conflict. That's Mark Kansian, one of the three project leaders and a senior advisor at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Of the games that are unclassified, this is the most extensive that we have seen. They ran this war game 24 times to answer two fundamental questions. The first question was, would the invasion succeed? The second question was, what would its cost be? The likely answers of those two questions are no, the invasion will not succeed for China. They will be forced to revert to uh, a China without Taiwan. And what will the cost be? Absolutely horrendous. The United States and Japan will lose dozens of ships, they warn, hundreds of aircraft, thousands of service members. Such losses will damage the U.S. global position for years to come, maybe even for decades. In most scenarios, the U.S. Navy lost two aircraft carriers, 10 to 20 large service combatants, uh, surface combatants, excuse me. <laughs> Approximately 3,200 U.S. troops would be taken out in the first three weeks of the combat, nearly half of what the U.S. lost in two decades of war in Iraq and Afghanistan. China will also suffer heavily, they say. The Navy will leave in shambles. The core of its amphibious forces will be broken. Tens of thousands of soldiers will become prisoners of war. The report estimates that China will suffer 10,000 troop losses 
155 combat aircraft losses and 138 major ship losses. Taiwan left devastated. Now, why you might uh, maybe asking yourself while you kind of take this in, why would they do this still? They have to. You see. One country or the other is going to control Taiwan and the Taiwan Strait. They want you to believe that this is all about semiconductors. And while it is in some degree of, uh, that has some degree of play in it, it's really not it. That's like, uh, you know, that's like an organization saying that they have to have this one particular manufacturing facility. They can't have any others. No, if they really want something else, they just go and build another facility. This is about control of the region. You see the South China Sea, the Taiwan Strait, all of those areas are rich in resources and they want to be able to control those resources. And if you control modes of traffic, you control the ability to tax that traffic. You control the ability to stop or halt or uh, cause your economic uh, strengthening or uh, strangling positions to really hold and bear fruit there. What do I mean by that? Well, if they start to put different uh, economic strangles on China, they won't allow ships to move freely through that region without either taxation or some level of uh, halting. Now, that will be putting the United States of America in a great position for the future. And if they, the USA, controls Taiwan, then they control the whole area. They say that while the uh, Taiwanese military will be unbroken, it will be severely degraded. It will be left to defend a damaged economy on an island that is mostly left without electricity or basic services. The Taiwanese army, they warn, will suffer 3,500 casualties, 3,500 lives lost. All 26 destroyers will be sunk. Japan will lose more than 100 air, uh, combat aircraft, 26 warships, and an unknown amount of people. First, before the war, raise your stresses. The Chinese are going to have to do everything they can to avoid a military conflict. But when they act, that's when you have to watch out. Washington's military leadership has labeled China America's pacing threat. That means that when you look around the world, China is the real threat to America. Now you can go after other countries. You can say that the USA must establish domination in the Middle East, but China is the threat to the country. Last year, China's military power report that was mandated by Congress in the USA says that the PLA has increased provocative and destabilizing actions in and around the region. This includes flights in the Taiwan claimed air defense zone, conduction of exercises focused on the potential seizure of the islands. Wars happen even when objective analysis indicates that the attacker, uh, attacker might not be successful. That's one reporter saying that even though China also knows that they will suffer great losses in this conflict, they're most likely to take on this uh, risk to try and control that strait. The report said that for U.S. troops to prevent China from ultimately taking control of Taiwan, there are four constants that emerged in the 24 war game iterations that were run. Taiwan's ground forces must be able to contain Chinese beachheads. The USA must be able to use its bases in Japan for combat operations. The U.S. must have long-range anti-ship missiles that are capable of hitting the People's Liberation Army from afar. They must have a lot of them. And the USA needs to fully arm Taiwan, not after, 
but before the shooting starts. Now, as we see those four constants, we can sort of make sense of why we're seeing different events take place in the region. Why is the USA running and gunning toward Taiwan? Why are they uh, accepting new defense spending bills and selling huge amounts of uh, armaments to Taiwan? Why has Japan suddenly become the third largest defense spender in the world, upping its military capabilities from like uh, number eighth on the spot or somewhere down there? Now, if those four constants are true, China must not be able to get to the Taiwan beachhead. That means Taiwan, of course, must be able to defend itself first. The USA must be able to use its bases in Japan. China knows this too. So what will their likely first course of action uh, be? They'll take out the bases in Japan. The US must have long range anti-ship missiles. Now, why do you think that China is so bent right now on trying to goad the United States of America into giving up so much of its arms to Ukraine. As soon as Russia continues to uh, push against Ukraine, as soon as we see some sort of naval outbreak happen there, then you will see those anti-ship missiles being depleted. Now, the reports say that the U.S. must have these in mass, huge amounts of them. When they're gone, it can take five to 15 years to resupply them. So China will have a five-year window, at the very least, to act. They say that there is no Ukrainian model for Taiwan. That's referencing how the U.S. and Western countries are slowly trickling aid into Ukraine after the Russian invasion. Once the war begins, they warn, it is impossible and it will be impossible <coughs> to get troops or supplies into Taiwan. They say it's a very different situation from Ukraine where the USA and allies have been able to slowly give aid to them with your tax money. Washington will need to begin acting soon if it wants to meet these recommendations for success, the think tank has warned. Those include fortifying U.S. bases in Japan and Guam against Chinese missile attacks, moving naval forces to smaller and more uh, survivable ships, prioritizing submarines in the region, prioritizing sustainable bomber forces over fighting forces, producing cheaper fights, uh, fighters, uh, fighting jets, of course, pushing Taiwan toward a similar strategy, arming itself with more simple weapons rather than expensive ships that are unlikely to survive a Chinese <coughs> strike. Those policies, they say, will make winning less costly for the USA, but the toll is still going to be high. Now, how are you and your family going to react when that happens? Do you have family members in the service? Do you have friends in the service that will lose their life, not for a war for you, but for the USA to remain top dog economically. I want to get to a couple of viewer questions. The first one is from Unpopular Truth. Question, what are some of the great community members here doing on a daily basis to train? The first reply comes from M. Stevens. Take care of yourself. Eat as healthy as you can afford to. Now, isn't that a sad state of our affair when you have to asterisk the term to eat well with if you can afford to, because they make highly processed garbage food cheaper than organic or whole foods. Keep your body strong and your mind, Stevens says. Use an ax instead of a chainsaw. Push mower instead of a riding one. Get used to hot weather and to cold weather. Learn something like taking care of chickens and beekeeping. All of this falls under training. Learning to be uncomfortable, I think, is one of the best things that a person can train for. 
Stephen Collins says, mornings after I get my miles in, then I put the grandkids off to school. After lunch, I weight train. Evening is karate or jujitsu, then 30 minutes of uh, personal uh, survivable defense training. In between studying and reading, tending the farm, taking care of the grandkids. Sounds like Stephen has a full uh, plate. David and Laura Hay, finally getting ready to learn and licensed in ham radio. They said, we put in our own gun range. We're upping our own survival skills. We slowed down for a while because of the cost of ammo. Sean says, eating healthier, working out more, tactical drills, and taking a wilderness first aid class. Smart. John Akers says, eight to 20,000 steps. Great job. Practice fasting once a week. I live on an island in Maui. Prices are insane. Pupil's Cat says, I'm walking an hour or more every day. Other than that, not much. But as you can see from the video at the beginning of this, Pupil's Cat is doing a lot to get ready. Please, everybody, keep watching what is happening and stay safe. From my family to yours, make sure that you continue to monitor the events of our world and make good choices for you and your family. If you're interested in antibiotics, check out contingencymedical.com. Use the code FSS10 to get a discount there for real antibiotics from real pharmacies. Also check out nutrientsurvival.com forward slash FSS for long-term food storage, but they keep the nutrients in. They work very hard to even put the ones that get depleted in the processing of the foods back into them. Use the code FSS15 if you'd like to get a 15% discount there. I get no commission from anyone. Please everyone stay safe and keep watch. been a long time since we worked on a truck. We don't work on a whole lot of trucks, and you can barely see any bit of me. But anyways, let's get started. Good, good. 
He already know who he coming home to. No, y'all should not be defending this man, bro. Y'all should be mad at him. This is why they feel so comfortable cheating on y'all because y'all be so ready to take them back every time it happened, bro. Instead of y'all black queens fighting, bro, y'all should be jumping that nigga. You feel what I'm saying? Bitch, yeah, yeah. Just the name of this company, all right? I don't be fucking to you directly. I don't be talking to you directly. So, Marco, Marco Polo, uh, I noticed this referred to us as uh, they, you know, I noticed that. And that's appropriate or whatnot. I want to thank you because you understand that you are different from the rest of us, right? understand that, don't you? I'm pretty sure you do. I'm pretty sure you do because I was I guess I was a fucking slip. Oh you want to be a cheerleader for black women, right? You want to encourage black women to physically assault us. That is no sir. I want to tell you that, you know, in decades, it's been a over hundred years. Black women haven't needed any booster. They haven't needed any booster. You call them black queens and shit, but you still don't understand that the condition of our community and larger in their pocket, okay? I wouldn't say in their pocket, because a lot of them don't cook no more. You know that shit or raise their kids properly as evidenced by your fucking existence and shit, okay? Alright? You are a beta male. All right, a male, a female. Okay, you understand that? That's what you are. All right, you're not one of us. Okay, I want to, I want to just acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge your, uh, your self-expulsion from manhood. All right, black women don't need no fucking help. You know, doing anything for us. All right, they need help doing shit for us. They need help. Learning how to parent the goddamn kids and shit. They need help learning how to be a wife, not a business partner. They need help a lot of ways. They need help dealing with their inherent narcissism and shit and lack of accountability and shit, which resulted in the situation that you are referring to and commenting on in this goddamn TikTok video. Right? You understand that shit? How many goddamn black men have lost their lives trying to white knight for the system? All right? How many men have lost their lives fighting over box? Or as, as I affectionately refer to it, peace weed. And that peace weed is in the fucking red in 2023 and shit. It is still falling. It's falling more than the stock market, okay? Peace leaves on is, is, is in the rain. It is crashing. She is evidenced by your own fucking behavior. Okay? Uh, you know, I, want, I think you fail to realize that a lot of these women wouldn't sit on you if you were on fire and shit. They would look at you like an accountant. If they couldn't make any use of you, they would excoriate you to the extreme and shit. Call you a fucking dusty, you idiot. So, yeah. I think it's cool that you refer to us, all of us, as they. Because you ain't one, bro. Alright? And you you uh you know, you tuck your little you tuck your pee, you know, 
and, and you open up, you know, you, you put all your girl panties, you tuck your team and put on them girl panties, and you make sure you get a big ass maxi pad and stick down in your drawers, okay, motherfucker? Because you bitch made. They say they can go on vacation. They ain't worried about you taking them to Red Lobster. She okay. says she can afford to go to Ruth Chris. She says she can afford to go to Houston. She says she can go to Papa Dole's if she wants to. They say she can go buy the husband's designer if she wants to. You know why? Uh, why? Because they are the most agreed group. Uh, they are opening more businesses. I think in 2019, uh, black women opened the most businesses in Georgia, like uh, out of any state period. Um, black women get in the bag. Like, what you mean? What I made you up? They saying they would actually rather die. They would just say they would rather die. <laughs> They would rather die than to settle for one of you niggas. And I, I personally, I'm a boss because I was like, you'd rather die. She said, I'd rather die. Like, I would rather go meet my maker. Die like dead. I hear them saying they rather die. They rather die best. They rather use BOB. They rather go out of town or not, no, not out of town. They rather go out of the country and get their fix. They is yeah, outsourcing it. They is outsourcing it. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. They said they would rather scissor with another woman than 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 stoop as so low Because they're free, they can do what the hell they want to. They don't need to be with, so you don't need to feel any guilt for taking care of you. 
from putting yourself first and making your passion, your purpose, your priority. You don't need to feel guilty because this 24-year-old woman just said it. They have no rep, they don't feel any guilt about it. Thank you. Is your military. In particular, this is the announcement from the U.S. Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin III, as the U.S. State, uh, the United States military concretes its resolve to Japan to assist Japan in fighting against North Korea and against China in the coming Indo-Pacific conflict. Let's listen in. So in our meeting today, we strongly endorse Japan's decision to acquire a counter-strike capability. And we affirm that close coordination on employing this capability will strengthen the U.S.-Japan alliance. We also discussed a number of key issues, including our shared interest in peace and stability in the East and South China Seas and around Taiwan, and our commitment to, de to the denuclearization of North Korea in our efforts to increase multilateral cooperation with the Republic of Korea, Australia, and other like-minded partners, and our growing cooperation across all domains, including space and cyber. Now, we can see clearly the expedited positioning of the U.S. military for this conflict between uh, Japan, South Korea, China, and North Korea. And we have strategists saying right now that the Indo-Pacific is going to be the next hotspot that we need to keep a watch on. For preppers, for the people that are looking to be prepared for the next couple of years, it's important that we understand the goods that come out of China to the United States of America and really to the rest of the world are goods that you see everywhere from India, Nepal, Africa, really everywhere across the world. These goods coming from sweatshops and slave labor in China. We call it slave labor, though it's not too much uh, different than what you see in the United States of America. People are, in most cases, willing to go and work for their pittance, barely able to afford their food, can't afford their rent. But that's how communist China works right now. In the United States of America, you and your family need to be ready for a, uh, an extreme disruption in this supply chain. That means all the goods that you are used to getting will become in short supply very soon. 
Now, moving over to Russia, the Russian President Vladimir Putin has stated that the country will continue to operate inside of Ukraine for as long as it takes, saying that the nation must, quote, do everything to protect the constitutional rights and security of the residents of new regions of Russia. That's right, new regions of Russia. So this isn't like the Crimea taking in uh, the early 2000s. Instead, this is a new map building war. Russia isn't going to stop there from everything that we have seen and Russia will move further into Ukraine and beyond. They might do it diplomatically and just try to set up new uh, corporations and control new areas inside of Ukraine or inside of other European countries, or they might do it by force. This is, of course, if the United States of America and NATO don't follow through with their threat to continue to arm Ukraine and basically fight a proxy war against Russia here. Japan's foreign minister, Hayashi, has said that China represents an unprecedented strategic challenge to the defense of the country. Responding to America's readiness to throw American lives in the form of soldiers, weapons, and crafts toward China for Japan, the foreign minister of Japan had the following to say. Japan appreciates the United States of America's decision to op optimize troop posture in the Indo-Pacific region. The U.S. Secretary of Defense, Austin, uh, has said that China's military is engaging in what is being called provocative activity surrounding Taiwan. This, the Secretary of Defense says, is an attempt to establish a new normal. The Defense Secretary, however, would not say whether or not these changes in Chinese military posturing was being seen by the U.S. military as a prelude to an invasion. But if we look at what they are doing, rather than what they are saying. With new drills in the Indo-Pacific, that place uh, the U.S. military and its positioning on a path toward perpetual readiness, we can see that there is an expectation that Taiwan and China will be at war in the very near future. More contagious fallout in the economy is expected. This is in the crypto market in the first quarter of this year after Brian Armstrong, this is Brian Armstrong of Coinbase, warned that, quote, the FTX collapse and the resulting contagion that, had, that it has created, created a black eye for the industry. And there is likely more contagion out there. Now, if you don't see a problem with monopolization and the divide and conquer aspects to the American economy, let me spell things clearly out for you in one industry in particular. Four corporations now dominate the U.S. meatpacking industry. In the year 1997, they owned just 25% of the market. Today, they control 85% of the market. This means that while cattle ranchers and those in the industry used to receive 62 cents for every consumer dollar that was spent on beef, basically more than half of your money was going to be people actually producing or procuring that meat for you, now they receive just 37 cents. So they've taken roughly a 50% pay cut over those years to give more money to the corporations that monopolize the industry. Reports are coming in from European intelligence agencies saying that Belarus has probably created a Wagner-like military private company. This is called Guard Service. 
the company has significantly increased according to the intelligence outlets, the number of employees, and it is preparing to participate in military operations for the Russian government and for Belarus, according to opposition. Economists in the USA are saying that they are now beginning to see the signs of the end, where they say that while economic reports continue to come in hedged for big banks, U.S. banks are in the process at this very moment of preparing their balance sheets for shrinking profits and recessions. That's right, they're saying recessions, because you might have one quarter of things look like they might improve, maybe, if you skew the numbers, and then the next quarter you'll see plainly just how bad things are. The former Fed economist John Roberts has said, quote, the heightening pessimism about inflation is somewhat surprising given recent CPI prints. Perhaps, he says, it was due to uh, contemporaneous wage data. Now, contemporaneous means existing or occurring in the same period of time. What they're basically coming out and saying is that because more people had to work to pay for food, pay for electricity, pay for goods and services, more people are getting wage increases, but inflation is beating all of those things. They're really surprised that consumer sentiment and producer sentiment is on the negative. The Russian ambassador to Washington is saying that it is the goal of the United States of America to cause the greatest damage to Russia on the battlefield that it possibly can at the hands of the Ukrainians. Now, you know that they're worried about what's going to happen soon as the, you know, as soon as the first missile is fired from China into Taiwan when Biden, the current president of the United States of America in that acting position, says that we are working to improve our supply chain and critical mineral, uh, mineral cooperation. They know just how bad it is. We get over 80%, it's closer to in the 90 percentile of all of our raw materials or goods like the medicine that keeps grandma and grandpa alive directly from Asia, mostly from China. China controls a huge amount of those minerals. They also control a huge amount of the other things that keep American life looking like American life and looking less like Venezuelan life. That isn't to say that Venezuelans aren't ready to handle this crisis more than Americans. In fact, I think that every average Venezuelan, Brazilian, people who have already gone through economic and social hardships, they are more prepared than the cush, soft Americans that don't want to do anything for themselves. The governor of New York has proposed a ban on natural gas in new buildings. The average interest rate on credit cards has hit 19.07%, which is the highest amount since records started in the year 1995. Now, what's happening here? They have strengthened their ability to risk mitigate. That means that they are handing out credit to people who are able to pay it and not handing out credit to people who are not. For those that are able to pay it, they are getting them used to a new normal, paying higher interest rates than they ever have. It used to be that things were so good they could hand out low interest rates, and a large number of people could take advantage of that and not really get hurt financially. Now they're part, uh, starting to put the screws to them so that the average mom and dad, the average person who has a job and is making their ends meet, will have a harder time paying back their debt than ever before. The Federal Reserve's Bowman has said that 
household balance sheets have remained solid with low levels of debt. These guys are so disjointed from reality. They bunch all of the balance sheets together from banks, including the richest, most, most wealthiest 3% of the country, which holds as much wealth as the bottom 90% of the country. You see, they just pour all of their balances into the same bucket. And then they say, look, everything is okay. There's still a ton of money left there. It's like standing in the desert, telling people who are crying about not being able to drink that there's still plenty of water left on the planet. The problem is they are disjointed from reality and the average American is suffering. Russia's Wagner fighters are in the central regions of uh, different parts of the fight against Ukraine. Fighting can be heard in the background of videos that we are seeing. Notably, one appears to be wearing a Ukrainian uniform. You need to prepare your mind and your group. You need to prepare for people who are looking to cause chaos and harm, that they are going to don the very same uniforms and clothing of whichever group they are trying to blend into. That means the next time a paramedic rolls up, you have to question, is it a paramedic? The next cop with an out-of-county uniform, the next anything. Now, that isn't to say that you need to start thinking every uniform you see is fake. You need to acknowledge that fakes do exist, and you need to trust but verify in all aspects of your life. Financial Times has reported using deep governmental Chinese uh, sources that there is a chance now that China is considering a likelihood, an increased likelihood, that Russia could fail to win the fight against NATO and America over Ukraine, which would alter the significance of Russia completely. These sources are quoted as saying that Russia would emerge from this conflict a minor power. Now, if this is true, then that has been the plan all along for China throw Russia to Ukraine to deplete NATO resources before China moves in to attack Taiwan. You see, with China, they are dry running attack drills on Taiwan on a daily basis. They are actively wargaming their every single move. They are testing boundaries and basically winning the war, in their planning phase at least, before ever wasting a missile or a Chinese life. This is very, very China of them. Thought before action, practice before implementation. Now, guys, when I tell you that we are living through a world-changing apocalypse right now, what I mean is exactly that. An apocalypse, by its own definition, is an event involving destruction or damage on an awesome or catastrophic level. So apocalypse, by its definition, an event involving destruction or damage on an awesome or catastrophic scale. Now, I want you to look at where we are at. Massive disease. And if you're not concerned about diseases that can be transmitted, you probably are concerned about the poisons that they are feeding us and the poisons they are putting into our bodies. The entire financial system right now is crumbling for all but the most high. We have wars and rumors of new wars encircling the communication surveillance of our entire earth. And this is a time that we are living through. If I were to have told you that everyday medicine would be hard to find four years ago, 
you would have thought that it was some sort of dystopian fiction. But today, it's reality. I want you to look here. New reports show that families are scrambling for cold and flu drugs across Europe and North America. Pharmacists say they are facing shortages of medicines as huge demand and supply issues strike the world and people who can't see their doctors for either financial or social reasons turn over to uh, over-the-counter remedies. One outlet is describing the situation as a nightmare. She said pharmacists can't get a hold of some of the most common cold and flu medicines. They are sending pictures of how empty their shelves are. People can't get doctor's appointment and they're told to look after themselves, not to put pressure on the healthcare system. They say with cases of cold and flu being hotter this year, this has led many people to buy over-the-counter medicines. They say this has led to higher demand. They run out very quickly, one individual says. It's very patchy. This has led us to a situation where we have to tell patients we cannot supply them. Now, the Department of Health and government are de in denial that a shortage exists. As long as this is the case, we're going to continue to see this denial in the future. During the winter period, when so many people are suffering from cold and flu symptoms, as soon as a little bit of demand goes up, we are stuck, one outlet says. She continues, it's not just one brand, it's a range of products, but we are keen to not create panic. What we are saying is these are basic medicines that we should have available all the time. Store workers say we don't have any of these powders or any of our own brands of cold and flu medicines at all. We haven't had any for two to three weeks. I believe, one store worker says, there are supply problems no matter what the government tells us. Now, I have a question for you in the community. Have you seen cold and flu medicines run out of your local pharmacy? Are stocks on anything else running low near you? Manufacturers say that they are doing everything they can to minimize disruption as demand increases and as their ability to produce decreases. I want to get to a couple of viewer questions. The first one comes to us from Otis Davies. Brad, question. How much rice and beans does a person need per year per person, assuming the rice and beans are your only sustenance? Oh, let me hit that first. You need to make sure you have other essential nutrients and vitamins included in your kit. But I believe that you probably mean uh, that they make up a majority of your carbohydrates, your protein, and other goods. Uh, so it's really easy to figure out. Kelly and I, we do it for our family, and we re-up it any time that we have a uh, diet change. You just take one week, eat the majority of that, see how much you consume. Make sure that you're not eating outside of that. Use it in other things. Make your rice powder into other baked goods. Uh, you know, Turn your beans into sprouts also. Do everything that you can with that food. Then multiply that by 52 weeks per year per person. This person says, while I am set for everything except freeze-dried and dehydrated vegetables, I am now thinking how much rice and beans per person, assuming you have nothing else except rice and beans. So if you were just going to break it down that much, you would need to break it down by 18 to 2,500 calories, 1,800, excuse me, to 2,500 calories per day figure out how much rice and beans it takes and a mixture to do that. You are going to need to make sure that you have something else. Rice, if that's all you're eating, is going to compact your digestive system. You're definitely going to need to add something else in there. Now you can make like rice puddings using sugar and fruit. You can make uh, rice bread. You can make, uh, is it mochi? Maki? I'm not sure. It's the Chinese uh, sweet and fluffy rice dishes. You can make uh, rice pancakes. 
there's so much that you can do with it. Just make sure that if that's your main carbohydrate that you are accounting for any digestive issues. Uh, person says, question, also, why do you have a studio now? When you were in the car, it was keeping it real. Now, you're like the rest of us. Uh, it says it's not a bad thing, uh, so let me answer that. Why do we have a studio? So that we can come to you with information day in and day out. It doesn't matter what the outside conditions are like, and uh, that's what we're doing to bring you real information here every day. Uh, anyways, it's all good, and I'm happy that you were able to better your situation. I'm happy for your gain also. How do you have your emergency supplies set up? Can you give us an idea of how we should have our gear arranged and where uh, each proposed item should be in our homes and safe places? Great questions coming to us from Otis. So how do I have my gear set up? If it's not essential gear that I need to get to in seconds, then it's going to be in large tubs. Uh, those tubs are easy to transport or mobility. Uh, the other gear that I might need to get to in seconds is in backpacks and ready to access uh, places. Like uh, this place in the studio, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna get out of view for a second here. This is one of the uh, anti-choking tools that we use, we keep in our first aid because if you're here by yourself, well, you start choking. It's not impossible, but it's hard to give the Heimlich to yourself. So this is a tool that goes over your mouth and if you go and watch the videos of these, they absolutely work amazingly for people who are choking, their children are choking, whatever it might be. It basically pulls the lodged product out of your throat uh, through a suction force. So if you need it in seconds, you need to have it available to you in seconds. If you don't, it can be in some sort of other inventory. Make sure that it's well inventory position. Thanks again for all that you do. It's great to have people in the world who genu genuinely care about people surviving a bad situation. Thanks again for you and your family and other like-minded people having my respect and love. Thanks so much for that. That was a great question. It was actually like three or four questions rolled into one. Guys, if you have anything to add to it, if you're looking for other tools that you need for survival, just ask, in the, uh, ask down in the comments. Lots of answers, lots of uh, questions get debated. Maybe our own thought processes aren't the quickest uh, you know, way to get to the end. Maybe just asking somebody else who has been through it will help. From my family to yours, please stay safe and keep watch. Make sure if you do have a question, do like Otis did, leave the word question first so that we can get to it. Please leave one comment and one reply on this video. Make sure that you thumbs up this video and share it with friends and family who might be able to find it of use. Most of all, stop your pantry, get ready for change, and keep watch.